we have a very special Hollywood Boulevard. Hi, Doug. That's right. Hi, Karen. And uh, yeah, we have kind of a hybrid episode now um, where we're talking uh, off of the block, but with a very special guest star from the block. Uh, I hope you guys caught a couple months back uh, what I presume to be was a very highly rated podcast, as ours go, um, with special guest star Ken Hart. Um, he is now back. He's in the and- house. Hi. And and actually, I, I'll need you to confirm that this came from you, that this was yes. your idea. Um, but Ken Hart wants to talk specifically about this weekend's <laughs> very special Academy Awards. Yeah. So a very big welcome Woo! and thank, thank you, you, thank you uh, thank to you. Ken for joining and for asking in the first place. I, I guess am, you liked us. You really, really like us. I do. I do. I had a great time. Hello, fellow Melroseans out there. Um, I I think this might be our very first Oscars special. It is. This is this is new territory for us. I know this yeah. is like the pre this is like the pre-game red carpet but Monday morning but quarterbacking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I, 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 yeah, I hybrid I, of all sorts. Yeah. I reached out and said, "Hey, you know, are you guys doing an Oscar thing? You know, and if so, can I jump in?" And you know, you graciously said, "Of course." Of course. of course and then <laughs> and then of course the things being what they were sunday night doug texted me and said oh boy i guess we have a lot to talk about now don't we <laughs> yeah it's the kind of thing where yeah we have a lot to say now i'm not sure how long we could have talked oh otherwise my oh my um, god but no, I was really uh, excited when Karen sent me the email and said, uh, Ken asked if we could do this because, you know, it's music to my ears. I'm probably not quite the total opposite end of the spectrum from Karen, but but close to it. I'm a big awards and Oscar guy. Mm-hmm. Not that I not that I slavishly worship them, but I have watched them now for so many, many years. Um, so yeah. you probably fall somewhere in the middle. I, I, well, no, I I am a big Oscars fan. I mean, there uh, I I always watch the Oscars, the Golden Globes, um, usually the Emmys. Uh, depends who's nominated, uh, and yeah, I watch the Oscars. Even though for the past few years, my wife and I will look at the list of Best Picture nominees and be like, "Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it." Haven't seen it. Oh, we saw that one. Haven't seen you, it. Well, that was something I was going to ask. Do you try and catch up with them we, once they get nominated? Or we, are you just like, ah, oh, we'll get there when we get there? We Yeah, we do sometimes. Like, And, and the, the fact that you know so many movies pop up on streamings, um, yeah. especially now with the you know, pandemic still going on. And uh, you know, say, I mean, let's talk about the fact that the Best Picture winner, Coda, is only on Apple TV. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. Do you think this is going to, I mean, I, you know, every, every journalist, every film journalist is sort of like ringing the, ringing the bell for the death of movies, right? Yes. Like this is kind of, right. They're all kind of saying movies will never be the same again. Everything's going to be streaming. I don't know. Well, no, here, here, no, it's, it's interesting. I, I, movies as we know them in terms of what's successful, it's mm-hmm. done. It's gone. You really I mean, think so? I think if you look at something like, say, Ridley Scott's movie that you know they even made a joke about this during the, the Oscars, last duel. That, yeah, that nobody yeah. saw. Yeah, like uh, they they made a joke about it, the fact that nobody yeah. saw it. Yeah, and 
that movie 20 years ago would have been the type of movie that would have won all the awards. Oh. It, it, yeah, you, I think you're... You, I you didn't even like, hear of it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you like, mean... what's this movie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's the kind of... It's like the prestige. You had a, a top A talent, uh, you know, director, actors. You had this whole, you know, scenario. You had this big, you know, action sequences in it. It's the kind of movie that just would have killed at the Oscars. Yeah, it would have swept. Yeah. yeah. And so, now it's like people don't have the attention for that. Or it's like there's so much competition now from right. streaming. There are so many there are so many other things people can do with, with their time that it's easier for people to consume the the superhero movies or the or the pop culture movies that are connected to commercially visible properties. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I think, I I think in terms of what makes a a, a successful movie, uh, I that's changed. So, well, don't you think that because so many things are there's just such a proliferation of content, and it's so yeah. accessible that nothing really lingers that we don't engage in the same way things don't resonate like they would have if you had seen it in a theater and it had weeks on the charts i mean i don't know how any i don't know how any movie makes money period now right i mean it was going in that direction before the pandemic yes it was and the pandemic certainly accelerated it because people were staying home and it's like well if you can watch a movie that's being released on Apple TV or HBO, whatever. Well, you could just as easily binge your favorite TV show. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different mindset when you're watching something at home. But also Uh, there's no wall between movie stars and TV stars and movie quality and TV quality. Yes. You watch what you want and the people that you're seeing are your stars. Well, yeah, but this is, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to just go ahead and fault the studios for this because they Mm -hmm. just keep churning out the, the, the superhero movies. Oh yeah. I mean, really like there's, you know, to me, there's nothing I want to go see in the theaters. Well, there's very little and y'all know also like I have issues like, like, you know, for me to go see a movie in a theater, it is a project. Yeah. So so I, I love I love the superhero movies. I do, but I'm also a big movie fan. And yeah, it, it saddens me to think that we can't have both, it seems, in today's pop culture universe. So can I ask you, okay, so the, the Ridley Scott movie was the last duel. What did it not get seen because it didn't stream and it was only in theaters? Is that what the joke was? Um that was the, part of yeah, part yeah. of it, and uh, also was just the kind of movie that you know it's not tied to any commercial property. Uh, it's not you know something you can only pay it. It's not something you can just kind of watch with, say, fifty percent of your attention, which is the case with a lot of like popular movies now. Uh, yeah. And you needed a commitment to it, and it was dark, and it was a period piece uh, with no special effects, really. Um, yeah, it's just a different type of film. Yeah, that's exact. That, I mean, I think it's for all those reasons. It was probably mismarketed a yes. little bit. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I think it's. Uh, yeah, I I think the true Achilles' heel was simply that it. 
aimed for a big theatrical release. Yeah, and okay. it doesn't fit neatly in the few things that do draw audiences now. Because with yeah. Coda, and I'm just gonna say, like, I didn't, I didn't see it, but from what I get, I heard about it and read about it and all of that, and from Doug talking about it, it did sound like a real, a real sort of independent film. You yeah. know, like but something it was, that would have come almost... out of the, you know, come out of the the uh, the festivals. You know, yes, yeah, yes. it was purchased at Sundance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it sounded like it took a lot. To get that film off the ground, you know, I I don't think they had much of anything in the way of creature comforts as they were making the film, and I think they did it in just about a month. Yeah, yeah I mean that's quick. that's indie level. Yeah. Yeah. So so and so I th- so it sounds like being on streaming gave it a boost. Right. Yeah. But also being Apple, but you know, I don't think a ton of people watched it when it was first released. I think in you're August. Right. I think you're right. Um, I think that I think there was a, a pretty carefully targeted campaign towards the end of the year that that really lifted it up, and you know we have to say it worked because it it was it kept building steady momentum over I would say the last three or four months, so it mm-hmm. it paid off. But I don't I mean yes it was helped because it was on streaming, but I think it was also helped significantly because Apple cherry picked it to be their big thing yeah. following a lot of the harvey weinstein playbook from 25 30 years ago <laughs> truthfully um i mean even in the last few days because voting as i understand happened very quickly and very late in the run-up right before the ceremony yeah and like around that time they were the cast was being flown all over the place including the white house i mean there was it was it was a an aggressive an aggressive expensive um campaign yeah Mm. but you know i i think if it hadn't been coda it would have been power of the dog which means if it hadn't been apple it would have been netflix and if it wasn't this year (laughs) it would have been next year that a streamer you know prevailed in in, in that way netflix they netflix has already dominated at the emmys i mean yeah it's it's a rarity to see a broadcast show get nominated for anything nowadays right it's hbo or netflix at this point really so and you know give giving props to handmaid's tale at hulu which i think was also kind of a pioneer in that regard Mm -hmm. but yeah Mm -hmm. so we're saying we're like a good five years where tv is really dominated by the streamers even more so probably than cable yeah, no, I think you, you raise a good point, though, Doug, about the, the promotional campaign for CODA, because um, CODA, it, it's, it's not really a groundbreaking film. Yes, it has a lot of deaf actors, and uh, but in terms of the storyline, it's this family-friendly, positive um, experience. Not all that different in tone from a whole bunch of other movies that have you know we've seen before. Uh, whereas something like Power of the Dog, or you know, pick a, several other of the, of the nominees, were pushing the envelope a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, it, it was it was good. Uh, it was good um, publicity. But yeah, you you would think like back in like October. Power of the Dog seemed like it was just going to sweep everything. Yeah, that was the movie to talk about, you know, uh, in the fall. And yeah, just slowly, just you know, its influence just whittled away. And it, I think, it only won the one award uh, for best director. It did. In Campion. It did. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's uh, all. All of all of which is uh, exactly right. Um, 
And you know what I think the other big movie was at that time, talking around Thanksgiving and as we were just entering award season, was probably House of Gucci, another oh, yeah. Ridley Scott film. Yeah. Um, which which not so right not so gradually yeah pretty quickly kind of was a joke and then kind of only stuck in the race for people talking about lady gaga and maybe jared leto's crazy crazy (laughs) performance um and in the end i think only got in there with one nomination for makeup yeah um but but yeah that that's how these uh these seas seem to shift yeah it's very now i'm very proud of us We've been talking now for like a, a solid ten minutes. And we the, haven't the, talked about the and the, thing. and the word and the words Will Smith have not popped up at all. It's funny because I was like, let's just dive right in. So I'm glad that we've somehow been able to to hold off on it. Um, We're I, an elevated a... podcast. We're elevated. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> So I hope someone says that so we can pull quote it. Well, I have a question for you first, Karen, um, which is, so what, was it Monday morning at some point? You just saw stuff about oh, it all over your phone God, or no, social media? No, it was Sunday media? night. It was Sunday night. Oh, I, I assumed, social media right away. Oh, yeah. I assumed you were in bed. I was in bed using my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I did see it. I did see it. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Because it hit social media right away. And I, I don't remember who yeah, had sure like, that playback. It was like there was a playback. I actually got to watch oh, the yeah. video, saw the whole well, thing. Well, so that was, that was my next question because, uh, and then I'll <laughs> ask you, Ken. So I'm watching it in, in real time. I'd say for at least half of the duration of the slap moment, I still thought it was planned. I still thought right. it was a gag mm-hmm. until the sound went out for an exorbitantly long time. And then they I thought, the well, sound. no, there's no, yeah. yeah. Now uh, I think other people saw replays like you did, where it was like from other countries feeds mm-hmm. that didn't have uh, the muting. Um, so it wasn't until either later that night or the following morning that I was able to watch it with the, uh, hear the whole thing. Um, so yeah, it was more confusion at first until I realized exactly what was going on and yeah. that it was real that it wasn't some lame gag or some technical issue or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. That, that was my, that was kind of my reaction to Doug, because um, watching it at first, you know, when he, when he came up to the stage, you thought it was going to be some, something playful. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Exactly. And then, yeah, then the sound goes out and you didn't need sound to pretty much tell <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what yeah. Will Smith was yelling. Yeah, it didn't look like your typical awards show banter, even on yeah. mute. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was listening to it on mute because my husband was asleep. So, um, so you know, I had the mute anyway. But I, so I was just kind of like watching it over and over again. I was like, is this a gag? Is this mm-hmm. a gag? And then just you know, then I'm just looking at it. I'm like, no, he really hit him. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And it really wasn't planned. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, I, I have to give credit though to Chris Rock. I mean, yes. Oh, was I, a, I do too. It was a, it was, was it a tasteless bad joke? I mean, it was, was relatively. Yeah. It was a, joke? it was yes. a tacky joke and it was a lame dig. And from what I understand, not one written by him or right. ad libbed by him. Yeah. But, but either way, yeah. But not, I not everyone him, but, could do what he did. No. Oh my God. The fact that he was able to kind of still compose himself. And you could tell at he, all. Yeah. He wanted to be off that stage. He just wanted, but he, really? he was, with, oh yeah he, yeah. he wanted off of that stage, but he went ahead and, you know, presented the award for, you know, best documentary. 
which went to Questlove from yeah, the Roots. For Summer of Soul, yeah. Uh, for Summer of Soul, and which is a great award, but completely overshadowed like everything yep. else was. As every as was all as, the other big ones. Yeah, everything was yeah. pretty much overshadowed by this. Yeah. Um so okay, I have a question. So he so will how how long was it between the announcement of Will Smith's category and the slap, right? Like what was that what, um, where like, were we in the it's, show? It's like 25 minutes and 18 years. I mean, it was <laughs> it was like time just stopped. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. So that happened. I'm gonna say like 10:15 mm-hmm. okay. Eastern mm-hmm. time, and his category was probably 10:45 or yep. something yep. like that. Yep. If that, um, if, I, but I think the it amazing might have been even earlier could have been. The amazing thing was by that point we were late in the show. They only yeah. had like five categories left, and somehow there still ended up being like another hour and a half because oh it God. still ran late. Um, yeah, I think it was about a half hour, and maybe like two commercial breaks in that time of everyone in the world in and outside of that theater going, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so okay. So Chris Rock gets slapped. Mm-hmm. Take a second, composed himself, right? Announces. The well, winner, not even just went just 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 went right pushed right went, forward pushed right forward. Yeah. And as like, what happens when Questlove gets on the stage? Like, how do you how do you follow that? Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he gave his speech and he seemed to be feeling it and moved. But you could just tell that he had lost the room and everyone had lost the room. And the thing is, like, we'd already because we had three hosts. We had uh, Amy Schumer, Regina King and Wanda. Sorry, Regina Hall and Wanda Sykes. Right. And um, but they were already being used only intermittently for like the second half of the thing so not they couldn't even come out to really break the spell and no one was doing anything everyone was just sort of talking around it and the the awards were completely going on just as if nothing had happened even though it was clear that like everyone needed some sort of snap out of it the whole moment someone to address it yeah right i mean amy amy schumer came out and said just cracked one joke yeah she cracked she goes Oh, it took me a while to get out of that Spider-Man outfit. Did I miss anything? <laughs> I feel like something's changed. <laughs> yeah. And it was true. I mean, like, there was just this t- this atmosphere. And then, um, yeah, it w- and then it, it was so weird, the fact that he got up, slapped Chris Rock, went back to his seat, and then continue sitting there. And then later, and, even before his award, laughing, smiling, yeah. cheering. Yeah. And it's like, had this been pretty much anyone other than Will Smith? Or like that that top tier talent? Yeah, that clout. Like Rami Malek. If it had been like Rami Malek. Uh, right. They, they Alyssa would've... and I, my fiance, play the same game. We like insert all these different names of hypotheticals and to say exactly what I think you're saying. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they would have been escorted out of the theater yeah. immediately. Yeah, they, yes. But the fact that Will Smith was that the 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 prohibitive favorite to win Best Actor and a war that was coming up in like 20 or 25 minutes, yeah. they didn't do anything. And so that when the Oscars sent out this, um, you know, tweet statement like afterwards saying the Academy does not condone violence in any form. Well, you kind of did. They did. Yeah, that's that's so thing. anemic, that's, wasn't it? That's like, the thing. Ultimately, you didn't ultimately do it's, it's tacit approval. I mean, in the Oscars past, they almost always have a 
everyone goes to the bathroom moment where the head of the <laughs> academy comes out and gives a speech. And I don't think we had that at all at this no, ceremony, no. unless I'm misremembering. And more than ever, that guy or woman should have just gotten on the stage and said just 60 seconds of something to acknowledge what they were or were not yeah, doing, but not it letting was, it go. Yeah, because it was because so we were like, he's obviously going to win. He hasn't yeah. left. They're yeah. really all going to clap and stand for him. And they did. He got two ovations. So the whole thing just continued to get <sighs> icky and like David Lynchian in a yeah. sense. And because... then, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you. Oh, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say that his speech, his acceptance speech when he won, I, I, I was watching. I was, you know, is this a suicide watch? Because it was, <laughs> it, it, it was, I mean, I, it, I felt like I was watching someone's nervous breakdown uh on live tv uh where he was just talking about um was that how he talks about the pressure of what god is calling him to do yeah yeah you know it was so it was so egocentric because in comparing himself to richard williams you know venus and serena's father that he played you know he he tried to draw these comparisons and the pressure of when you're that famous and that visible and how it had to do then drawing on like the love of his family and that's why he was just being protective and so what had happened was and i have a big question for you karen Mm. is his either publicist or publicity team went straight to his table after the slap after that (laughs) and i guess this is what they arrived at for him to say because i'm sure that that wasn't the original speech or maybe it was both because it went on it's probably still going on um (laughs) so my question my question for you karen is Mm -hmm. let's say you are Will Smith's publicist. You're at the Oscars. You're sitting in the, another room and you see that slap. After you run to the bar and drain it of whatever they have left, what Screaming, do you oh, do? Shit. Screaming, yeah. oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> I know that is like publicist nightmare. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to fault his his people, right? Because no, oh, no, mean, there's no one else who takes any of the <laughs> faults here are, as far as are, I I mean, like unprecedented, right? Like do you really mm-hmm. think I when you're in in that there, in that field, in that world, yeah. watching the fucking Academy Awards and your client is nominated and you're you're sitting in that shitty little back room with the shitty little closed you know, closed circuit TV that I mean, hopefully they've But also probably sitting there in that shitty room or standing somewhere gloating because you know in 20 minutes your client has your made it all get, the way to winning yeah. best actor and your client gets on stage and smacks the shit out of chris rock i mean like i don't know i think i might have pa- like could have passed out probably <laughs> threw up like i like i honestly don't know like how i would have reacted at that point and then like you just and then it's like it's fucking go time right and you've literally mm-hmm. got 20 minutes to like get this person out of it so I don't fault them. I mean, what he said. No, oh no, I don't fault them at all. What, but what he said was terrible. Oh, I mean, I'm not sure. But he strikes me now as someone who, like, I think he uh, may have gone off script uh, on his own yeah. and taken yeah, whatever, whatever bullet oh, yeah. points they yeah. gave him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I, like he should have gotten. I mean, if like again, hindsight. Like, if he was my client, I would have probably been like, "You need to get on that stage." And you need to, and you need to, and you need to be humble 
and you yeah. need to apologize yeah. to the academy for what you just did. Yeah. That, he was and, not humble. <laughs> and he was not humble. And it should have been like there should have been a really sort of like come to Jesus moment and not the kind of like you know God made me famous or whatever the fuck he was yeah. saying, <laughs> right? God bless me with all I, 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 I am a vessel of love. Yeah, I mean, you know, he really should have, he really should have had his come to Jesus moment on there. And he really should have apologized to the Academy and Chris Rock and the people in the audience. Yeah. And, well, and the thing is, I mean, that was he, so well, see, disrespectful he, he, to he every, did, he, every nominee. He did apologize. He didn't say what he was apologizing for. He apologized to the Academy and the nominees did not apologize to Chris Rock. He didn't do that until like, you know, a day it's after, a day later, or yeah, yeah. 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 Day, basically, he didn't do that until the Academy announcer was investigating the incident, right? Um, mm-hmm. And oh, and they and he had a chance to read the the Monday morning analysis. So yeah, then he apologized. Uh, yeah, I just, it's, I still, ugh. I still kind of can't get over that he does this thing. He gets off stage, he sits back down, and he's like, you know, and was slapping his knee and laughing at shit that's going on on stage, like nothing happened. Yeah. And then he goes to the Vanity Fair party afterwards and is laughing and dancing to his own hits. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah, the whole thing became really twisted. I I mean, at the very least, what I would have, first of all, I wouldn't have done it. But (laughs) had I had a momentary blip. Had I done it. And then I suddenly find myself back in my seat. Okay, I stay there for my category. I give a relatively short humble apologetic speech and then i leave yeah i don't do the press room i don't sit for the rest of the show i don't go to the parties yeah now it's i've seen people uh online uh defending what there he are did, opinions saying, there, there are, are opinions <laughs> now they're saying oh well, it's, it's great that he's you know he stood up to defend his wife okay from a tasteless joke uh, but the thing is he could have done so many other things. Yes. Like I saw somebody comment, you know, he could have just gone up to Will Smith like he did and just whispered into his ear, if you ever say anything like that about my wife again, I will knock your fucking head off. Right. And yeah. then gone back down and nobody would, everyone would have just been, what was that? But right. it would have just continued. And, um, and Chris Rock would have wet his pants. Uh, but that would have been it. It was what wouldn't have been like a slap across the face or this, right. you know, this whole like meltdown that was occurring with him. Yeah. Or you sit there and you, you grin. Well, he laughed. The truth is he laughed until his wife looked at him and that's when yeah. he got up. But <laughs> that, so what you do is you pretty much, you yeah. sit there, you don't get on the stage you don't create a potential security nightmare. Um, and then knowing that you're going to win, however many minutes later, you get up there and you talk about how you love your wife and you think she's the most beautiful thing in the world. And then you make Chris Rock the bad guy and yep. you yeah. get a standing ovation for oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It would have been so, so yeah. many other things he could have done. Yeah, particularly because, look, I, I kind of, it was a shit joke. Right. She is, you know, she's suffering from alopecia. That is right. not a fun, you know, for, for a woman in Hollywood, I mean, it's just not mm-hmm. a fun thing to have, but then for a woman in Hollywood to have it extra not fun, right? Yeah. Um, 
but my understanding was Chris Rock didn't even know. Like he thought she just my, thought she yeah. had. Yeah, my understanding is A, he didn't write the joke, B, he didn't know, and C, the way he kind of says it is just done in a way that's like complimentary in that, hey, I think you're a tough bitch sort of thing. Right. It's, yeah. it's an innocuous joke. I mean, I mean, it's not the height of good banter in no, any way, shape, or form. No. And I can see how you'd hear it differently, but I don't think that was its intent. Can I ask you guys something? Do you think this is going to change the tenor of award shows? Because I know everybody kept on kind of bringing up Ricky Gervais and how his, yeah. uh, you know, apparently his host, his Oscar gig was, he was just flat out insulting to like, to everyone. take no prisoners. Right. Like he was yeah. Which is what he said. Right, right. Yeah. That's what he does to the Golden Globes, right. Right. So do you, do you think that they're going to do away with that sort of, well, Joke the Oscars has the Oscars usually doesn't they usually don't do that. I mean, the yeah. uh, I I found actually some of the some of the jokes this year were more insulting towards the movie industry. As they were a whole completely yeah. When you brought up I, Last Duel I, earlier, yeah, I was gonna yeah, the Last Duel yeah. or like even um um. Power of Wanda the dog. Sykes, yeah, yeah, Wanda Sykes saying, "I watched Wanda, I watched the Power of the Dog three times, and I'm halfway through it." Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, that's kind of funny. I know it's, it pretty, is, it's, it's not pretty a, funny, it's not a but, bad but joke. It's, it's just a meme yeah, one. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a. You're, you're, in, well, you're basically insulting the movie well, industry. He, and here's the thing, and I said this from the very beginning because I think Amy Schumer was the first of the three hosts of the night to kind of do a routine. Mm-hmm. And from the very beginning, I said, now this is just a roast. Yeah. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. hosts in the past have, have barbed with love, even some of like the heavy hitters in Hollywood. Johnny Carson certainly did. Letterman yes. tried. That yes. sort of thing. But But this was like from the beginning, it was kind of lower hanging fruit. <laughs> um, you know, they were digs. They were they were jabs, and you know the audience yeah. can take it because what oh, are they? Yeah. They're rich and they're beautiful. But um, but from the beginning, that was that was a different tone throughout the show than you typically find, at least on the Oscar stage. Do yeah. I think this will change things? No, no not no, long term. No. Certainly not in terms of like award shows and hosted events. Um, I think. If I was appalled on Sunday night, and I still kind of am, that it happened. But I think we're if we call it a new low right now, it's just yeah. going to become a new normal. And yeah. eventually we'll normalize it and we'll make it a joke. And, oh, uh, he's going to will exactly. Smith me. Exactly. Um, well, it's I already do a meme. Think, like, <laughs> I do, oh, yeah. I mean, it's all over. I do, think the, I do think the state of comedy is in a really precarious space. And, right. you know, like Kathy Griffin and plenty of other people have talked about now comedy continues to be an unsafe space, and I think there continues to be more and more validity uh, in that regard. But but that says a lot about our cultural moment in general, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, do you think this? Uh, I, I'm I'm assuming she's speaking about cancel culture. No, I think she means like if you if you don't if you tell a joke that someone doesn't like, what's to stop them in a comedy club from getting on stage and punching yeah, you in the face? Exactly. Oh, all yeah. Right. Okay. Like that, it, it, it sets an what example. Will Smith does is kind of just break the boundary. And the, again, the sort of, you know, right. mutually agreed upon idea that you can say what you want and I don't have to find it. I might not find it funny, but I don't get to, you know, come and inflict violence on you. Right. Right. And so not, and not only does he do it, he also is rewarded. Yeah. 
and gets standing ovations. Right. Like a few minutes later. later. Right. 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 So I I can understand some comics, you know, being concerned. Yes. And the thing is, had Will Smith not done this, no one would have remembered that joke. It was a lame joke. It was. I didn't even remember it because he had already moved on. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So so I was more I was more surprised that anyone referenced a 25 year old movie like G.A. Jane, which which, by the way, which, by the way, is also a Ridley Scott movie, I think. So, oh, so between the last duel, you're right, you're right. Like, circle, that's, baby. that's the one who really took a hit. It's Full all, circle. it's all poor Ridley Scott. <laughs> poor Ridley Scott. I do have to double. I do oh need to double God. check that because I've been saying that's a Ridley Scott movie no, for forty-eight hours right, now. No, that sounds right, though. Um, and and I want to be sure of that. But uh, but yeah, otherwise it would have been forgettable. You know, the funny thing is they kept saying in advance all the changes they'd made to the telecast because they really wanted to bring increased viewership in because the Academy's ratings are always tanking. And that was, that was the big controversy going in. If anyone had known in advance what was happening two and a half hours into the show, everyone would probably tuned in. (laughs) So Doug, Doug, I confirmed it was indeed Ridley Scott. All right. Well done, Doug. Well done. So yes. okay, so so this begs the question: How were their ratings? I mean, again, this overshadowed everything. Nobody's um, even talking about their well, ratings. Yeah, well, the ratings were better than last year. I well, think. last year was like the anomaly of anomalies. So yeah. I don't, I didn't see what all the numbers were compared to like the last five, ten years. I think it was. I, I think overall, I think overall, I read somewhere that it was the second lowest rated ever. So meaning last year was the only one that's lower. Yeah, I think so. When we were in the wow. middle of a pandemic and there were no yeah. movies released. <laughs> so now, so let, let's talk. Okay, so before the before the incident, you know, okay, in the, in the Marvel movies, we have the snap. Now in the Oscars, we have the slap. <laughs> uh, so prior to the slap, um, what did you think of the Oscar broadcast to that point? Um... I thought it was I thought it was dull and semi-insulting, mm-hmm. uh, and I had two big quibbles. I mean, I'm being me; like they're always the same quibble. Um, I, I hated the idea that they announced those eight categories oh, yeah. ahead of the ceremony and then still shoehorned them anyway and didn't seem to be making, uh, you know, any progress with time. I felt Thank bad you. for those people that missed their moment. Thank um, you. And and the other thing was they had also hyped up these special events. Oh god! Um, and I think every single one of them failed. You know, yeah. they brought on like Tony Hawk and uh, oh, yeah, Sean, Sean White, White. What, and Kelly was, Slater to talk about to talk about to do, to introduce a montage of James Bond films. Right. It was the 60th anniversary of Bond, and they we just had another Bond movie. So there's a song nominated for the Bond movie, but they don't tie those two things together. Yeah. They just do a montage of Bond clips, and they have no one related to the Bond franchise. Yeah, I mean, you have... I mean, we even have, like, Javier Bardem in the audience, who's been in one of the better Bond movies, yeah. and he's just sitting down. Yeah, but the thing, you have, you have, like, various living actors who have all played James Bond, and none of them are none in the market to introduce yeah. the, the clips. No one's that they had the skateboarder and the and the snowboarder and they had yeah there was that there was um 
Um, oh yeah, the awesome movie moments, the top five. They man, have these. Yeah, they had these. Twi- the, the Oscars in their quest to be relevant. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, they they put out these Twitter polls for like the top five most awesome movie moments, and then like the top five crowd pleasing moments. Yeah, it was like the, the fan favorite, oh, and it was but, but also the. But the list of movie moments was they gave you a prescribed list to choose from. Oh, so you can, couldn't even really pick your favorite. I mean, even if you did, I guess, try and write in a vote, it, the masses wouldn't. So yeah. they were. it was always going to be one of like 10 things that then got whittled down in the first place. But it was all it was all like it was the Matrix and then three three other movies from the past three years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and, and we're either, I think, Marvel or DC. Yeah, yeah I think well, so. Well, you had the, the on, on the DC side, you had the Zack Snyder fans coming out in force. So, like, you would think, okay, if you're going to pick a crowd pleasing moment, it wouldn't have been the Avengers Assemble moment. No, it was, of course, the Flash entering the Speed Force because the Zack Snyder fans voted for it. And yeah. same you know, thing, same a, thing, a reference that I'm sure travels real well <laughs> internationally. Yeah. Oh, oh, and then again, they had the, the crowd-pleasing moments. Number one was that scene from Army of the Dead. Yeah, the number uh, one the, fan favorite was also was favorite. Army of the Dead on Netflix. Another Zack Snyder film. So it's like, oh my God. And so and so here they are. They 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 refuse to do a popular film category, like the best popular film, because that was one thing that was talked about. Uh, they won't do that, but they will do these cheesy Twitter polls, and they will have a thing with BTS for some reason appearing and uh, uh, and, and talking about movies. And it's like, why are we, why am I looking at BTS? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't need I don't need K-pop. You know, get the K-pop. No, I'm, I'm. This is not the the Grammys or anything, or like the People's Choice Awards. I'm w- watching the Oscars. Get the K-pop out of here. Right. Yeah. And meanwhile, uh, then they promised these, and this is an idea I had had going back, uh, when in my head when I produced the Oscar telecast of um, <laughs> of, of like these reunited casts. Oh, so we yeah. had. So we had Rosie Perez, Woody Harrelson, and Wesley Snipes, 30 years since White Men Can't Jump, reunited on stage to present an award. Why? Okay, fine. There were some people who liked the movie, sure, but I don't think that's something that we've been anticipating yeah. for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the in the infamous now Will Smith Best Actor category, because Francis McDormand wasn't there to to present, um, we got a Pulp Fiction reunion, which is oh, yeah. neat, but that it's also... Good. But it's also like the magical 28th anniversary. I mean, yeah. we couldn't find something that was a 40th or a 30th. Although I think that was the only one that really worked for me. Because, I mean, it, because it was them. Like, because it, was, it them. was them. Right. It was them. And uh, the yeah, I, I think uh, the, the the white men can't jump thing didn't really work as well. But was, there was and another The one. other thing that didn't work for me was they also did post the slap. Um a godfather tribute oh that was it yes but here's what didn't work for me about that so i kept thinking who are they going to get to introduce it and who's going to be there so i was you know who's influenced by the godfather who else is tied to the movie no it's sean combs came out and talked about yeah how much the movie meant to him who yeah maybe was barely born when that movie was first released <laughs> and then they do a montage 
So I said, okay, and after the montage, they're, they'll lift the screen, and there's going to be like 10 surviving actors. You know, we're going right. to have, in addition to Coppola and Pacino, we'll have James Caan, we'll have Talia Shire, maybe Sophia Coppola, Diane Keaton, and uh, maybe Robert Duvall, probably right. not him. Right. What did we get? We got Coppola, we got Pacino, and we got Robert De Niro, which is great, but De Niro's not even in the first yes, Godfather movie that we're celebrating. And then he and he and Pacino don't say a word. They just stand there, and Coppola gives a there. short kind of speech. Yeah, they literally just stood. And and, and it's weird to just see Pacino standing there because he, he's all hunched over now, and he just looks like you know Gollum. And uh, uh, it's like, why? I mean, just you you know, if you're going to do this, if you're going to take the time to honor these films, do it right. That's right. What's exactly. the point of what's the point of you know this? Um, oh, what did you think of the in memoriam tribute? Oh, oh <laughs> words fail. So let, let, okay, so so um, Kara, so you're familiar with the in memoriam segments oh, yeah. that all award yeah. shows have, the festival of dead people, and uh, <laughs> so here they did it, but they did it was they did an upbeat version they had this like they had this choir in front of the movie screen that was showing the clips of the dead people and they're all singing happy songs there was this upbeat dancing it was this whole jubilant yeah hurrah you're dead hurrah you're dead it was like they're singing like oh happy day and you know and they've got photos of like you know sydney poitier behind them and such yeah it was weird, man. Um, and again, that was also post-slap. So it just added to the whole, oh, like, everything, like- <laughs> everything. I just had, you know, like, a metallic taste in my mouth. Like, am I having a stroke? Is this all really going on? Mm-hmm. All of it was so weird. And then they punctuated this in memoriam thing. You know, usually in the last few years, they have someone come out, they sing a somber song. As they run right. a tribute of as many people as they can squeeze into four minutes on the screen, and there's always people left out, and there's nothing you can really do about it. But this time, they also had certain celebrities come out at various points to pay a special tribute to certain higher-profile people who we'd lost in the year. Yeah. So you had Tyler Perry said something about Sidney Poitier very quickly, and that kicked it off. Personally, I think Sidney Poitier should have had his own moment. Um, then Bill Murray, who also looks like he's having a stroke on stage, comes out to say something about the director, Ivan Reitman, who passed away. And then later, Jamie Lee Curtis comes out in tribute to Betty White, who's not primarily known for film in the first place, and <laughs> holding a dog because Animal Rescue was her thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. whole, the whole thing, I thought, was... Like almost felt deliberate. Now, now Doug, do, don't 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 denigrate what, Betty White's performance in Lake Placid. You're right. I'm that sorry, she a, was great in that movie. You're right. That's, that movie. that's heroism <laughs> at its best, and I'm shocked that they fucking didn't love that dwell movie. on it more. I do I like that movie. that movie. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and you raise a great point too before about the the eight categories that were like kind of pushed to the side. Yeah, they they. What did they actually gain by doing it that way? They That's certainly the didn't. They I certainly don't know didn't how... lose any time because no, it, all all you lost was maybe the ten seconds of these people walking up to the stage. Yeah, that was it. You know, so it was. They lost nothing. Forty minutes long. So yeah, how how much time did they really think 
they were saving it all. You know, we didn't have more musical performances than we typically do. No. None of, none of that. And of course, every every year I bemoan this as well, but I think it's a disgrace that they got rid of airing the the, the honorary awards, the Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh my award. God, yeah. And this year was no different. Um, we had Samuel Jackson and Danny Glover and Elaine May and Leah Ullman, who are all huge and deserving people. Every year I say do it. I mean, we've missed Steve Martin. We missed Angela yeah. Lansbury, Cicely Tyson, a host of all these people that actually could have been the emotional high points of their respective years. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you not give Samuel L. Jackson a chance to like, you know, speak? Yeah, get it, on you know, stage I mean, and being Sam Jackson, was, right? Well, yeah. In a big crowd pleasing moment. Everyone yeah, loves Samuel certainly Jackson. Would have, yeah. And it, but yeah, he just, oh, and Samuel Jackson won a Lifetime Achievement Award. He got the Governor's Award. Yay, Samuel L. Jackson. And that's it. You know, and a close-up of Samuel L. Jackson sitting in, like, the balcony or whatever. Yeah, it's – and then they spend more time – oh, this was another great thing, Karen, that you blissfully missed. Early on, uh, Regina King does oh, this – Regina um, I forgot about like, that. This, yeah, this, this – she <laughs> they, they, they decided to portray Regina King as some sort of horn dog, uh, where she was just trying to uh, – not trying – successfully groping some of the male presenters. Like she basically feels uh, Josh Brolin and Jason Momoa up and down. Yeah. <laughs> and like she's frisking them. And they, she makes this whole thing of like, oh, I want to call some men up here to, to investigate. And, you know, I have them stripped down. And it's like, why? <laughs> why are we doing this? And, and again, it's like, all this quest to save time and you're, you're wasting time on these really not even funny, just disturbing sequences. Right. Uh, Yeah. It's, it was not great. You know, I often wonder because, and this is in the before times before his own fall from grace, but Louis CK used to write for a lot of award shows. And he said, you know, you think when they hire you, you've watched them, you've seen what doesn't work, you're going to make it better. And he goes, you get in the writer's room and you talk to everyone, you try and do this monologue or this banter. And you know what? All the things you think you're going to avoid, you really can't. And I don't know why. I don't really know why that can't be. I would love to actually know that. But it does seem to be the fate that befalls everyone who ends up writing for or hosting or doing a segment on the big deal award shows. Yeah, really. I think in he my head, I think I know better. There. He buried yeah. the lead because it's like, it's impossible not to do the bad things. Okay, well, why? Why? Yeah, I mean, so the, the lead is still buried. Yeah, like, like tell me why. <laughs> I, I didn't talk to him personally. Maybe I'd like to think I'm a better journo and I could have gotten it out of him. I'd no, I'm not saying why. you did. I'm saying he did. I'm not saying you did. Yeah, and I did. I'm saying he said it. And I believe him. Like, yeah, I bet there must be all sorts of compromise going on there. But I want to know, like, what is it that, like, it has to be the same rote thing that people tire of? Yeah. And some of the things, you know, I'm also a, a traditionalist in some ways. Like, I do like some of the things that they do every year at award shows in general and the pageantry of it and the jokes, even if they're a little, like, I still am a fan of Billy Crystal, even yeah. if he is a true, like, descendant of Borscht Belt humor. <laughs> to me, I still think that's funny. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes that's a failure on the audience's part, but this was kind of a failure on, I mean, I guess everybody's part <laughs> on, yeah. uh, on Sunday night. Um, and the thing is about the winners, I suppose we would have talked more about them had right. there not been the slap. I may not be a big fan of some of the movies that ended up winning, 
But based on what I can remember, I mean, I think each of the other acting winners had nice moments, gave yeah. lovely speeches. I think yes. it was great that Jane Campion did win for Best Director, became uh-huh. the third woman to do so. These are all lovely moments that Coda ended up proving victorious. Like, yeah. these are lovely and in some ways underdog moments that yeah. the show is built for yeah. and just no one cares. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh wins, wins his yeah. first Yeah, probably Oscar the category ever. I like the most. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, what did he, he win? What, what did for he screenplay. Uh, screenplay. For, screenplay. For Belfast. Yeah, original screenplay. And yeah, this is like his first win. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's been God, this is his first win? Yeah. Yeah. It was, oh, yeah. wow, unusual. Yeah. I would have never guessed that. Yeah. So, and you had like um, the uh, Best Supporting Actress uh, from West Side Story, uh, mm-hmm. whose name I'm completely blanking on. Ar- Ariana DeBose. Yes. Uh, who... Uh, gives a great speech about um, the, 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 the promise of America and that like a, an openly queer uh, Afro Latina woman Mm -hmm. uh, can, you know, can be here right now. Uh, And, you know, and then uh, Troy Coltzer from, from CODA uh, giving a, giving a, 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 a good speech with sign language. But I mean, I thought I said to my wife, he's very chatty for a deaf guy. <laughs> he had a lot to say. It was great. Uh, yeah. Those are, those are good moments. Uh, but yeah, no one really cares now. It's you know, no, it's- in fact, even um, when they announced his award last year's actress, um, the Korean actress who was in Minari, oh, yeah. who won supporting actress, you know, she even stopped to sign and the Oscar goes to Troy Kotzer. Yeah. Meaning mm. he probably saw that he won before everyone else could figure it out, that she took the time to do that was also quite touching. Yeah. The, like yeah. truly lovely moments that, that are all footnotes <laughs> yeah. uh, to the slap. But yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Kenneth Branagh because I was truly excited. And Karen, uh, Billie Eilish did win for best song. I saw that. I was very happy for her. And apparently, I didn't realize this. It's the third win in a row for, yeah, for a Bond, Bond film's theme song. Yes. And they used to never win, Ken. Never. Yes. All of them. Live and Let Die, they The Spy even, Who Loved Me, Goldfinger. Forget oh, it. Not, well, they wouldn't even get nominated. Goldfinger wasn't nominated. No. no. They never. They never won. And now, yeah. Now, and now they, they all now now they win. Now routinely. they always will. <laughs> yeah. So. So okay. Um. Can we talk about the Lady Gaga Liza Minnelli? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. I definitely want to end on a, I, what I, I think I, is a higher note. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh well, I mean, I I, I didn't it. see it. So. <laughs> oh, that's right. You didn't see Here, it. Here's the. <laughs> You didn't so, so they presented the biggie. So they right. presented the best picture award, mm-hmm. um, and and I didn't know that Liza is essentially wheelchair bound. Yeah, do we know what's wrong with her? Is I she think I read cool? encephalitis. Okay, she's seventy six, either seventy five or seventy six. Um, I don't even and, know what that is. I mean, I've heard of it, it's but a I brain. Can't even... It's a like a and it's brain the swelling. Yeah, swelling of the brain. That's right. Oh, wow. um, so she was in. So she came out in a wheelchair, and um, you know, it's also the 50th anniversary of the film of Cabaret. So uh, Lady Gaga walks her out there, and she's in this sequined tuxedo, like she's the MC. Um, and you know, it's it's awkward, but in like a sweet way, a sweet way, just because you know, like Liza is talking in kind of a halted way. It's 
it's kind of the way Liza has always been in public for a very long time because it's Liza, but it just looks a little sadder because she's in the wheelchair and is now older. Um, And, you know, she's having difficulty with her a little bit with her lines in the prompter. Um, So the, the, the really sweet moment is that she's taking her time. Lady Gaga just reaches for her and looks to her and says, I got you. Yeah. And it's like, that's, you know, that's all it takes to be yeah. a person. That's all it takes to make <laughs> a moment shine. She yeah. didn't smack her. No. <laughs> Come on, old lady. Get to the point. <laughs> ah, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help myself. I mean, okay, so so that's nice. Oh, let's go back to the slap. Um, yes. No, do you think do you think this will have any negative effect on Will Smith's career? Um, yeah, I think it'll have some. I mean, I think his public persona as this happy-go-lucky guy is forever, yeah, and this guy changed. who and this guy who was always like, I'm a clean-cut family guy. Yeah, exactly. I don't yes. I don't do violence. I don't swear because, by the way. I think the worst thing for me in watching the slap is when he sat down and kept repeating, don't yeah. you ever say my, don't ever have my wife's name come out of your fucking mouth, whatever right. it was. Yeah. That was the true, that's where you really saw the sociopath. That's yeah. where you really saw the temper for me. Um, career wise, I don't know that it can truly hurt him, but right. the slap will follow him till the day he dies. I mean, yeah. that's going to be in his obituary with the Oscar. Yep. Yep. It's true. Wow. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and uh, I I just don't understand, you know, their relationship. I mean, after it's been a weird year for them too. Coming, you know, like with the whole stuff, basically declaring that they have an open marriage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's and the Scientology angle too. Um, yeah, it's very strange. I wonder if the pressure is just getting to him at this point, right? With what, with with whatever is going on. Well, God moment. is God is putting pressure on him. Apparently, God or Zenu. <laughs> somebody is. Somebody sure as hell is. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Do you think that award shows have just run there? Because I mean, everything that you're telling me about this Oscars telecast, I'm going. Jesus, that sounds like the Tony Awards, and where every mm. sort of like every other moment is just a giant cringe, right? Like you're just like, oh, wait, is that is that what you're saying about the Tony Awards, Karen? <laughs> yeah, the Tony Awards. Every moment in the Tony Awards is a giant cringe to me. Um, so like, I, I, I just, I'm wondering, like, where does this leave award shows? Like, do you think this is it? You know, like the Golden Globes didn't happen because they were they're they're all naughty, yeah, and so you know they got they got they got put in the closet. Right. Right. Um, so that, so even like the most fun award show to watch because everybody got drunk, like didn't even happen, you know? And, and I mean, I will, I will also say the best award show I've ever been to was the independent spirit awards, which is never televised. Um, you know, but that, that was, they televise it now. Where? IFC. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, oh, the network nobody watches. Exactly. Um, yeah. Cause that, that one was really fun to, to attend, but, you know, I'm. I'm just. What have have they kind of like? Are, like, are they done? Are, do why do we even have these anymore? Yeah, I don't think. I don't think the entertainment system knows how to function without them. Uh, yeah, because I, th- because I think they're just so built in as a fundamental part of the ecosystem of how they promote and how how they determine 
the kind of product they try and put out, put out year in year out. But but yeah, it's but, but everyone is kind yeah. of but they are becoming obsolete to the world. Yes, yes, it's increasingly divorced from what the public wants to see or yeah. what the public decides is a is a good film. Right, and right. so yeah, they're they, yeah. That's why um, the ratings have been plummeting for years. Right. Um, and no matter what stunt you pull, or no matter what Olympian you announce will be a <laughs> presenter, you're never going to get more of those people. Well, but that's... you will lose a few of like mm-hmm. the holdovers. You know, yeah. my mom's probably been watching the Oscars since they started airing in the 50s. She loved old Hollywood, but she doesn't watch anymore. Yeah. Well, see, and... that's that's the thing, right? I mean, and and you do, and you see this happen in like every industry. You know, you see it in theater. Now we're seeing it in movies. Like they're so desperate to get ratings, be popular, have people talk, like whatever it is that they're doing things like bringing on Sean White, like who gives a yeah. shit, right? right? You know, right. like, and all of a sudden you have like a snowboarder and nothing against Sean White. He's amazing. Yeah. But he doesn't belong at the Oscars. Like he belongs at like I don't know what kind of a, the, well the Olympics or like you know the, the awards SPs. for like the SPs. The SPs. But maybe like uh, even like a People's Choice or like something yes. a bit more populist. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like a People's Choice might be kind of fun or like or, or Nickelodeon. A Kids Choice Award. Yeah. Exactly. Nickelodeon. Yeah. You know, like like that would be that makes sense and that would be sort of fun. But like, why is Sean White on the Oscars stage? Yeah. Yeah. What, I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so and so, yeah, absolutely. Like they're doing, or, like we see it, or, we see it in theater all the time. Like when they start right. having, like I don't know what when they, well, they don't even have theater people anymore as the presenters. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, if there was, yeah. but if there was, if there was a snowboarding movie or like some well, documentary about yeah, snowboarding, yeah, so if there's a logical for, connection, for, yeah, for like a James Bond montage, you know, bringing these guys out instead of say, I don't know. Timothy Dalton or Daniel Craig or Pierce yeah. Brosnan or Sean Connery still around. Bring him out. No, I know no. he doesn't no. do anything now. Yeah, we lost him. <laughs> oh, that's right, we did. Oh wait, he died. Yeah, like probably like ten years ago. No, it was uh, it was within the pandemic, not from yeah. the pandemic, but oh, uh, he yeah, was, he had Alzheimer's, like right? Like twenty twenty, I think. Mm. Probably, I think, I think he, he was ninety dementia. or beyond yeah, I think ninety. He had yeah. some sort of dementia. Well, that maybe, yeah. Uh, but yeah, nonetheless, yes, and, Daniel Craig. And Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig just there. left the role, so have right. him come out and say goodbye. Yeah, I mean, really, I, I yeah, whatever. Um, they, they, there were just a lot of bizarre, a lot of bizarre um, decisions. They don't call us to produce this thing. They should. No. no, I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about how the Academy or the people that do the telecast don't really like the movies, and I mean, I think that's true. I mean, I think they're drawing from a different pool of people i think Mm. they're drawing you know a lot of our comedy writers come from they have twitter accounts with lots of followers or instagram accounts with lots of followers and that's how the hiring takes place and they're not rooted in context or history or really sort of love for it to them this is kind of a gig yeah and then they're answering to network demands right so here's the other question then to sort of piggyback on the question about like our award shows done like if we're if we're seeing streaming services like Apple TV, Netflix, like if we're seeing them walk away with the lion's shares of mm-hmm. the share of the awards, mm-hmm. at what point is the, are the studios going to say eh, this isn't worth our time or money? 
you know, because the studios, I, you know, I mean, I know that Netflix and Apple and all the streaming services, services, everybody's talking about them, but it's really the movie studios that still hold the power in Hollywood. Right. So at what point when they see they're not getting the awards, are they just going to go, yeah, we're done with you, Oscar. Do, Mm. do you see that happening? It's, it's weird. I mean, like, like Doug said, it's the whole thing is, the whole award show thing is built into the ecosystem of Hollywood. Uh, but yes, uh, it, it increasingly the award shows are meaningless and, you know, who remembers who won the best picture, like, you know, three years later, right. You know, maybe even two years later. Right. Uh, so, you know, does, and the public doesn't really care. Right. And it's all Shit- it's all breaking rights for, for Hollywood. The, the public right. doesn't care who won Best Picture. Because if shit's streaming, you're not even going to get an Oscar bump, right? No. I mean, I don't know how the studios are making any money, period. Mm. Yeah. Well, they've got to sell their... I mean, right. they're, they're making distribution deals. They're selling right. their stuff to Netflix and Hulu and Apple and, 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 and these distributors, because that's effectively what they are, are paying but is a that ultimately comparable to what old blockbusters might used to individually bring in revenue-wise? Well, they're still releasing the blockbusters in movie theaters, but I think the smaller films, I think that this is a... I honestly think that streaming is the way to go for those sort of middle-of-the-road films, you know, that you always hear are going to... tan, Like, you know, that always, like, are the the box office disappointments, right? Um, You know, I kind of feel like this this ensures, I mean, at the very least, it doesn't ruin, you know, an actor's career because they, quote unquote, can't open a movie. Yeah. Right. Like. Right. Like that. That I think is kind of the benefit, you know, because there are a thousand reasons why a movie is not going to sell opening weekend. And probably none of it has to do with the star actor. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? that's always yeah. been the case. You, you know, yeah. and but it's like everybody needs a scapegoat, just like you know, everybody blames the publicist. Like you, you, you know, you're gonna you gotta blame somebody. Well, it's just oh, it's not a bankable actor. You know, I you know, so I think that that kind of takes the pressure off the talent to to a degree, which I think is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I forgot what what the point was of that. Well, uh, I mean, I I think the next couple of years are probably a big trial for the whole studio system in general because yeah. i th- i think th- they have every reason to worry about who and how many people are coming to the theater in general yeah. right. and if not then how what's their next trick yeah I, I don't know what hollywood would have done over these past over the past decade or so without the china market mm-hmm. because they yep. get the, china is the, they love our movies they yeah they that China is responsible for a huge chunk of Hollywood's profits. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're also that, putting a lot of money into yeah. productions. Oh yeah, too. oh yeah, a lot of Chinese money going into these productions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know, I I also think that, um, yeah, I think of something and it just blew right out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I I really wonder what's going to happen to the movie industry because I I think it's changed. Um, significantly. Well, you know, yeah, just to sort of think about those mid-level movies that, you know, maybe quote-unquote tank at the box office, you know, because who's to say? Don't you think that, you, wouldn't that kind of be a question? I don't know how the movies, you know, how these studios are doing it because they're all just, it's all just 
the Marvel movies, the tent poles, like mm-hmm. that's where they're mm-hmm. making their money. Exactly. And then they're losing it on, you know, the, uh, on the other movies that, yeah, you know, cause I'm trying to think of like, like, I don't know. I mean, Will Smith was always box office. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the Kings. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, but I don't know that anybody would have been flocking to the, to see the Venus and Serena Williams's dad story. Right. Like, yeah. Well, no, and even box office money. I mean, that one may have done well, but even like his other movies, like what was it, After Earth, or some of the other ones from the last ten, twelve years, were struggling to bring people in. Right. So you know, so so I just kind of think that maybe streaming is what's going to save the studios. Uh... Well, it's a way to keep the content going yeah right again i just don't know if i don't know how it works i'll yeah. I plead ignorance i don't know how the different subscription plans for the different platforms work that it's the same thing as individuals buying tickets right. to whatever, see movies in yeah the whatever royalties the studios get yeah i don't know well i don't think it, i don't think i think the studios are the ones you know they're they're selling the content mm. right they, yeah. they they have ownership they're selling the content i think the people that are going to get screwed are the talent that have the back end deals because suddenly you have nothing, you, you have no box office numbers oh, yeah. to compare it to. Well, that's well, what this, Scarlett Johansson Exactly. Over, this right? was a right. Scarlett Johansson lawsuit. Right. Right. But, but so now they're probably going to get rid of those in the contracts, which, um, you know, which is going to affect, you know, talent. The, the talent pool it's going to affect their money but i think that the production the producers the studios themselves that are actually funding these movies they're they're getting that money back and then when you think about it if it goes to netflix they don't have to worry about a marketing budget you know sometimes these marketing budgets are twice the budget of the film to, of yeah. the film to begin with yeah you yeah. know so now you're taking out like a huge line item yeah if you don't really have to worry about that marketing budget. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's something that Hollywood was struggling with before the pandemic. And then the pandemic just made it like 10 times worse. Yeah. Yeah. Because now you just didn't have, you had, now you have people having legitimate reasons not to go to the movie theater. Right. Or, or needing a legitimate reason to go. Like it couldn't just be, Hey, let's go to the movies. Nah, let's stay in and watch it on Netflix or HBO Max or something. Right, right. Uh, you, you know what, what, what kind of film will actually drive someone to sit in a movie theater? Yeah, um, yeah, it's very different. Wow, I mean, hmm. may, maybe metal will save the day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all oh, watch God. movies in the metaverse. Oh God. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh. Oh gosh. Okay. Again, I got a question for you. I yeah, sure. Oh, I th- I oh, had yay. a question, and I think you're about to ask it on our behalf. So go go for it. Thank you, Karen. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the back. So when you were on talking about Melrose Place, the last yeah, time with us, yeah, and you were like, "Thank God for Jamie Lunar." She saves. <laughs> she saves this this final season. Without her, this season would be completely unwatchable. 
And, you know, Doug and I are now really sort of into the really we're really in the weeds with this final season and we're struggling through it. And just about every episode, I'm like, I love Ken Hart. But what the hell was he talking about? (laughs) So so defend yourself. Uh, You know what? What Do you see that we are not seeing? I don't know. Uh, I I think I was just uh, enamored after watching uh, her in Savannah uh, on the. So it's a Jamie Lunar thing as opposed to like the character is. Yeah, I suppose. What she's doing is great. I suppose I was biased. (laughs) Okay. We'll take it. That's fair. You saved yourself. Yeah, that makes way more sense. Yes. (laughs) And since you didn't do the final season recaps, we had nothing to go on. Right. So we we kept saying, what was Ken Hart seeing? (laughs) And we know. Now we know. Now we know. It was pure lust. Yeah, yeah. Is what it was. Nothing wrong with that. No, nothing, nothing wrong. wrong with that. But phew, because I was like, what is he seeing that I'm not? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. Sorry, no, 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 art, no artistic ability. Nope, nope. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll mostly blame the writing there, but I just yeah. wanted to know if you were seeing something we didn't. Yeah. Um, uh, and clearly, as we've just been talking about the Oscars for the last hour and change, I, I wouldn't think so because we seem to be uh, pretty in sync about everything we saw. Yes. Yeah, I just yeah, I want to say I'm not blaming her because she got she got a shit yes. bag. Like you know, like this was she came in at the wrong time. You know, if you put oh, her yeah. in season one, she probably would have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. not season seven. No, not oh my god. Well, and yeah, all, all the um, Rena Sofer's character. Uh, yeah, we've uh, just uh, uh, got a couple episodes in, so Karen is like, "What the uh, hell is going on with her?" <laughs> Uh, and they're not telling us they're not telling us they're not telling us how she's connected <laughs> it's making me nuts it's so fucking frustrating watching the show right uh, now <laughs> just you wait <laughs> oh good it gets worse yes it does <laughs> oh um, man so anything else happen at the oscars or has that yeah, or is it just I, that slaps heard around the world at this yeah. point I think that's kind of it. I mean, it was, yeah. You know, other it than was... that, Mrs. Lincoln, that was uh, that was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, it was it was kind of an ah show up until that point, and then yeah, this, yeah. It would have this... been a show that everyone talked about how dull it was and how yep. bad it was and yep. forgot about, and yep. uh, well, it w- was unforgettable. Yep. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Well, Ken, having you here is always such a delight. Really, such such a oh. genuine pleasure. Thank you, thank so you. So glad Happy. you are joined, and hope that that it is still the first of of many additional uh, special podcasts. Oh, I'd love to come back. Sure. Yeah, because I mean, when Melrose wraps up, we're not done. Oh, well, good, good, good. Yeah, we're moving on to a new show. Ooh. We don't know which one yet. Okay. So we yeah, I'm, I'm we'll currently I'm currently binging Quantico. Oh, and which, which is utterly ridiculous. <laughs> Am I right in thinking that Marsha Cross was on that show? Yes. It's, okay. She does. She is on the show. We actually were nearing the end of season one, and she's popped up in a couple of episodes. Oh, nice. Yes, as as the uh, apparent vice presidential candidate. 
Oh. For the next election. Um, yeah. Well, so. oh, quickly, too, before we wrap up, because I meant to bring this up, um, and, and it would have fit nicely in the conversation about what, the, like, what they're nominating for Best Picture. Um, but, you know, I did finally, over the weekend, catch up with an Oscar-nominated movie um, hmm. from 2015. <laughs> I was going to say, from what year? <laughs> <laughs> Because you were sort of, you were sort of teasing uh, that out. So from 2015, Gone with the okay. Wind. So which one was it? Mad Max. I was hoping oh. that was the one you were going to say. That is the year's best movie. Yes. And when I when we finished watching it, I was like, "Look, I enjoyed it. It was what it was. How the fuck did this even get nominated? Was 2015 just that dire with movies?" No, I don't no, think so. No. It, um, I there think was, you had a good mix. Yeah, I, I, I recall. I was just looking at the recent uh, nominees, and uh, like uh, about a uh, like a week before the Oscars, and um, yeah, let me see. I'm just gonna look it up now. That's, I mean, from memory, I know that's Spotlight one, The Revenant, The Big Short, Room, oh, okay, Brooklyn, well, yeah. Um, Let's see. Oh, Birdman won that. Yeah, that's right. No, no, no. I think um, Mad Max is actually the year after that. So oh, the ceremony right. was in oh, 2016 yeah, for 2015. 2016. Okay. And. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah so Spotlight won that one. And then you um, have okay. Karen. The Martian. How is this even? How is this even in this list? Well, Karen, I got to say, if you ask most movie critics, I bet they would say their number one movie of that year is the Mad Max Fury Road movie. Yeah. I, I would but agree with why? that. I thought it was I terrible. Mean, really? I think it's full of like yeah. directorial flourish. I think it's kind of great. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. No, I didn't know. <laughs> well, then, then you wouldn't have voted for it. Okay. No. Yeah. Wait, so then why did you even watch it? I mean, or it was like you liked it, but you can't believe it factored into a best picture. Thing. Yeah, like this. I was like, I mean, like I enjoyed it for what it was, but it was not a best picture nominee. See, the the only thing that would have improved in my eyes if they had replaced Charlize Theron with Jamie Lunar, then. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, you know, and, and look, and I watched it with Anthony and, you know, he he's he loves those shoot 'em up movies like he he enjoys an action film way more than me. And he doesn't really care about scripts the way I care about scripts. And he like and it was over and he looked at me and he said, I swear to God, that script was probably one page long. There was no dialogue. <laughs> there was like they, they, there was no movie. It drive was like, and turn around. That was it. It was like drive across the desert. Yeah. Drive well, across the desert. Very much like the original, ro- you know, Road yeah. Warrior, too. Yeah. But was that Oscar nominated? Um, it was. It no. Was yeah. No. no uh, not for Best Picture. No. See now. Yeah. Because okay. I understood the editing. I understood, you know, anything. Yeah. Editing, the effects. The effects. And such, the, yeah, you know, all make, the action yeah. sequences. Like I understood those nominations, the sets, the costumes, whatever. Understood those. But best picture? Come on now. Mm. Come on. Yeah. No. Anyway. Well. well. <laughs> there. Just had to get that out. Yeah. Okay. I feel like, yeah, next time you're... I almost feel like you should run it by me before you watch something so it doesn't waste your time. But I mean, at least you liked it for what it was. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just... Look, we're we're 
we're just waiting for stuff to come back to streaming so we're like yeah you want to try this okay yeah so, so it's fine but yeah that was uh it was just like there was a head scratcher that one was <laughs> yeah yeah i i think we've kind of covered the movie industry pretty well tonight i, I would say i would say extremely well i think we've mm-hmm. done it ken thank you so much for um being on our very first oscar special oh well, it was a slap happy experience <laughs> <laughs> okay boys i'm gonna go to bed so sign us out doug all right guys uh we hope you liked it ken as karen said such a pleasure having you we hope to do it again soon meanwhile we are back to business next week you can catch us both back on the block and back on hollywood boulevard till then be safe bye